Hello, this is Starla Kokenauer, executive producer of the Res Living and Learning podcast. Before we get this episode started, we want to acknowledge the current movement that is confronting the mistreatment of the Black community. We would be remiss to do this episode without acknowledging the protests that have been and continue to be held across the world. We would be further remiss to not acknowledge the anti-Black sentiment that has existed in our country for decades. We realize racism is not not only manifest in individuals, but also exists systematically throughout our society. Countless Black Americans have asked that they be heard and valued, and yet racial injustices continue. Among the voices who are asking to be heard are those of our fellow students. This podcast came to be because of a desire to keep our community together, even though a pandemic insisted that we dispersed. It is through this platform that we are acknowledging that much more than just this podcast needs to be done to support our entire community. Those of us involved in the show see that the power and value of Washburn's motto, non nobis salum, not for ourselves alone, comes not by being there for one another just when it's easy, but being there for one another when it is hard. Ending oppression is not only the responsibility of all those who are outwardly racist, it is the responsibility of us all. To all our Black students, residents, faculty, staff, and listeners, we stand with you. To those who may need support or would like to learn more, we encourage you to check out the various resources listed in the description of this episode. If nothing else, we want to leave you with the following encouragement. Be educated, be involved, and don't be complacent. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, We really wanted to say that at the forefront of today's episode uh, before we got started. But now we would like to welcome in Bree and Carissa onto our call. Uh, We're going to talk about NSOs, new student orientations, and uh, what those are going to look like in this summer, in the time of pandemic uh, and social change. So, Emma, would you mind introducing our guests? Of course. Thank you so much, Seth. So today we have Bree Bradshaw and Carissa Johnson on the call. They are our representatives from New Student Orientation today. Krista Johnson is the faculty in charge, and Bree Bradshaw this year works as the leader of the SOX or the intern, SOC intern, if you will. And um, Bree, we'll get started with you. Tell me a little bit about what you do and perhaps start out with what is a SOC? <laughs> what is a SOC? Well, um, aside from the ones that we wear on our feet, <laughs> SOCs are our student orientation counselors which are students from all walks of life that are attending Washburn that go through a hiring process that they are some of the first students that incoming freshmen are able to see through NSO and we're able to make almost that first student to student interaction. And we just help them really get, I guess I should say the right foot into Washburn, just like the Ichabod is taking a stride. And uh, Carissa, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes, I love the foot joke. Um, My very first day was in the middle of my first orientation season when someone asked if our socks were clean or dirty socks. Mm. um, And I've never forgotten that joke. And it was apparent. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's lame. Anyways, (laughs) I'll never forget it, Um, which is why I'll never change the name of the socks either. So, um, so my title is the director of student transition and family engagement. I usually just say director of orientation. Um, so I'm a full-time staff dedicated to planning orientation and any, any type of program really that welcomes students to Washburn. I consider myself the bridge to Washburn. So, uh, the bridge from when they're applying to Washburn as an admissions student 
in the admissions process until when I hand them over really to the faculty um, to be in classes. So um, anything on that bridge um, is considered mine or par partially mine. And so there's um, there's so many things that go along with it. But um, my primary job in the summer is um, orientation. Gotcha. Uh, and Carissa, this is kind of a question for you. Uh, if you were an incoming freshman uh, to Washburn and you were curious just what are these NSOs? What's going to happen with these new student orientations? Can you kind of walk us through what those are and uh, tell us if, like I say, if you were that incoming freshman, what to expect? So if you think about college, almost like a new job, um, many jobs put you through training. You don't always have to know everything when you're starting a new job. And sometimes they refer to it as onboarding. And so I consider me um, the person that really onboards people to, to Washburn in whatever that looks like. Um, and I love that it's super different based on every single student because we can help customize it to every single student. Um, and so really what it looks like is right now this year, it's a virtual experience, um, which is not my favorite, but we've made do with what we were able to do in about four or five weeks. And so they're going to talk or they're going to learn about some pre-enrollment stuff. So what they need to know before they enroll with their advisor. Um, so that's part one. We call it pre-enrollment. Um, part two is actually an enrollment piece with an academic advisory. They're a staff or faculty. And so they get their full-time schedule for the fall if they're going to be a full-time student. And then after that is what I call post-enrollment, which is really um, more of the fun stuff, you know, how to get involved, how to find a campus job, um, those next steps. So really um, we're not a lot of people aren't even in that mindset yet, which is totally fine because they're just wanting to get their classes right now. But um, come end of June, July, August, we're going to hit the post-enrollment stuff a little bit more because um, I know they're eager to come to campus and, you know, get back into, quote unquote, society or life <laughs> um, before all this stuff happened this year. Yes, certainly. And Carissa, if I'm not mistaken what you just mentioned are so are we breaking it up nsls this year to do kind of the enrollment part in the beginning and having different sessions at the end or will it still look like a day-long experience so it's not a day-long experience um uh, it, that would honestly just be pretty impossible um, not everyone has access to technology or even internet at their homes um and so from the get-go i never had a thought of putting things live in one day, it's just, it's not accessible. It's, it's not, um, it's not fair really to all students uh, because everyone comes with different, um, privileges and abilities. And so, um, it's a really kind of go at your own pace orientation. And so I launched the orientations on Friday in the morning, um, every Friday for certain waves of students, because trying not to overwhelm all the advisors and the departments at once. So just as if we were going to have a hundred and some students come on an orientation day, that's still an orientation session. So like today I launched session four um, and then session five will start next Friday, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. And so um, students can log in starting anytime on their Friday that they re receive access to it and they can log in until they're done, really. Um, they don't have to do all of it in one sitting. In fact, it probably 
won't stick with them very well if they do it on one sitting, but really what I want them to do first is the pre-enrollment. Um, there's a few videos from um, the library talking about that first year experience, what you're going to take, you know, how 15 credits is really strategic for the first year, um, services that the library provides um, that really are here just to serve students like Woo 101 and first year experience. Um, and then I have a video about technology and prepping for enrollment. So uh, what kind of technology we use, such as uh, outlook for email, D2L, my watch, you know, just the language, the lingo that people have zero clue about. And then um, I kind of just uh, talk about the elephant in the room and say, hey, I'm asking you to meet with someone you've never met before by Zoom. Um, that's okay if you're a little nervous about it. Um, start with something simple by introducing yourself and know that they're there to just help you and get your full schedule of classes. So um, the first part is, is really whenever they get it done, then I'll move them over to the advisors within about 24 hours or so. And then their advisor will meet with them and then we'll kind of go from there. Thank you so much, Carissa. I think um, props to you for really being inventive with this whole thing and making it inclusive. That was something that even when prepping for this um, meeting today, this interview today, we were talking about, wow, how, how can we really make this accessible to everyone who has a variety of different abilities and um, access? So I appreciate that. Thank you for doing that, Carissa. And um, Brie, our next question is for you. We wanted to ask, uh, what makes you want to do the NSOs and be a SOC and work with incoming freshmen? What's the most rewarding part of that? Oh, so it's actually, uh, I have a twofold answer. Um, one of which being, I already worked with uh, incoming freshman students as a peer educator. I was very lucky this past academic year in the fall and the spring of 2019 and 2020 to be the one of the five uh, peer educator leaders. And so not only did I help inspire incoming freshman students with class, I was also able to help out peer educators that were in the office, such as I know Seth is a peer educator, Starla has been a peer educator. And I believe you have too. Like everybody at some point. I have not. Everyone thinks oh, don't. I have though. I, I swear you're like the fifth person to be like, they're a peer educator, right? I was never a peer Well, you should have been, Emma. You should have been. I think I, I give off the vibes of peer educator, but I never was, surprisingly. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> I usually come in with the mindset of, I, so when I came to Washburn and Maya NSO, for me, I came in and it was kind of awkward. I didn't really make as many connections as I thought I would make for one I came in as an Oki transplant out of Southern Kansas. That was just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing up here. <laughs> There's no Brahms. I'm a little bit worried. Uh, and so when I, <laughs> when I finally decided. I love to Brahms. It's so good. Anyways, so back to you, Brie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I decided to finally become a sock, I actually had put it off. I thought about doing it my sophomore year and I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm good for this. I don't think I'm a good fit. And it was honestly, I wouldn't say it's one of my biggest regrets, but it is a regret that I think I could have helped more students potentially. When I finally decided to do it my junior year, I came in and I was like, I was the only person from my, my corner of the state. Everybody else I know goes to Pitt State. Uh, I had no idea who I would see, what I would, who I would come into contact with. And I think I was able to help bridge a couple of people. There are some students that are from Oklahoma that have come up and some of them, there was one student uh, last year that picked up my accent immediately because I was in the circle drive to greet them. And they were like, 
where are you from? And I was like, Southeastern Kansas, but Northeastern Oklahoma. And they're like, nice. <laughs> so it's like the, the little things. Like I, as Carissa also says, we say y'all a lot. And it's it very much in my vernacular. You will hear me <laughs> speak like a Southerner a lot. Um, and just that little bit of comfort that they might have, because they might have been in the same situation I was in. They might not have anybody else that was coming up here from where they came from. I'm also can be that person of, hey, I was in that same situation. How, like, let me help you because now I'm in like a great place to help. Yeah, I love that. Thank you, Bree. For sure. Uh, and to, this is kind of double-headed. I want both of you guys to kind of chime in on this. What do you think the like the inherent value is of NSOs? And what do you really want people to get out of them? And what do you really want them to learn, specifically with everything that's going on in the world this summer? Carissa, do you think you could start? Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. Um, I think the thing that I want students to learn is kind of twofolded. Um, one, um, college can do so much for a person, but also family. Like it can change the trajectory of everything in someone's life. Um, I tell my my little guy all the time, you know, you choose to go to college. Like this is your first active adult choice for some people. And it's a, it's a big one. And so I think um, for many people, it's just the next step, you know, up the staircase. But for so many people, it's, it's much more than that. It's the big sparkly, shiny rainbow um, step. And it's so cool. And so um, part, partially, we just want to celebrate them. Like you made it, you're here. This is so awesome. College is so many things for so many people. And we hope it's going to be messy and um, beautiful and, you know, like you need to stumble through it. Like that's, that's totally cool. Um, and then the other thing is hopefully a new identity about themselves, whether it's an identity about being an Ichabod or being a Topekan or a Kansan or whatever it is, if they're already all those things, then, you know, just use the pride. <laughs> that's what they're into. But for orientation, I, I that's my open dream is it, it's kind of big and fluffy, you know, like then I want them to be excited just about this next chapter. Um, but yeah, those are, those are kind of my hopes and dreams that people get from orientation. And then they find somebody, what, you know, students, staff, somebody that they know is going to advocate for them um, when they really need help. Because um, a big life lesson I always tell students is you got to, biggest adult lesson ever is when you got to learn to raise your hand for help. So hopefully orientation can kind of be that first step of learning who those people can be. Um, and they can turn to and, you know, raise their hand when they really do need help. That's awesome, Chris. So thank you. And yeah, that connection, it's really invaluable. Bree, what do you think? As a SOC, what do you really want people to take away? I think as a SOC, and particularly in the role that SOCs play, I would definitely stress the connection piece. And I would almost say that right now, that's almost just as important, if not more, than choosing what classes you want to choose. Because we're not doing the student programming in person. We're not doing icebreakers in person, which I know not everybody's a fan of icebreakers. I personally love them. Um, <laughs> it was actually something. So I tuned into the live stream earlier this afternoon, and it was something that they said is like, oh, I had a connection, but I didn't find them until it was much later. I wasn't able to feel safe until I found literally one professor. And that's something that I only hope that when we start coming in, we start doing more live streams, we start including more faculty, hopefully we can get them the connections and the safe spaces that we can give our students earlier 
than we have been able to in the past. So I think that's one of the biggest things for me is more of the connection and the safety of campus. Thank you, Bree. And I personally love what both of you said. It just takes me right back to my NSO and also my time as a SOC. And just, it really is that, like what you said, almost brought tears to my eyes, Carissa, with the beautiful, messy, like it's just college. And it, it really is a special time for people and it's a special moment in their life. So thank you both for that. Um, and we want to transition a little bit here. So we talked earlier about what NSOs look like in the time of a pandemic, but we also want to talk about right now in our current social climate, socio-political climate a little bit, um, how NSOs are going to look like in that sense. So what potential changes or aspects do you see being emphasized this summer? And Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, with all that's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, how will you support our incoming Black students and students of color? Um, well, um, I'm not just starting something now, <laughs> I guess is my first, my first part of my response. Um, Black Lives Matter has been around for a while. Um, when I, like I said, when I moved to Kansas, I came for a master's degree and it was also a thing then it was a thing even before then. And so, um, one thing that I've kind of promised myself and promised my students, including the students that don't work for me, but those that I serve all summer is trying to first off use inclusive language. Um, so anything that we're outputting in orientation that I have control over, um, I really try to make sure people are using inclusive language. So for example, already on our podcast, we could be using uh, first year students instead of freshmen, right? Because that's kind mm. of gen genderizing um, in, a, in a word in itself, right? Um, just the assumption that everyone can get on a Zoom call for enrollment, um, you know, like that's, that is a privilege. Um, the fact that I'm working from home right now still is a privilege, you know, like there's just, there's so many things, like we could make a podcast just on that itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, since we're mid-season with orientation, when everything was happening, um, nothing is being added or changed just because I'm also trying to keep things pretty simple. I know students are really exhausted from the virtualization of everything right now. And so I'm not going to necessarily add content unless it's some announcements or things like that um, to the online space. Um, but one thing we are going to do as kind of a part two of orientation this summer are kind of... Um, I call them the Ichabod Summer Series. I thought about calling them the Bod Summer Series because everyone wants a summer bod um, mm -hmm. in whatever that looks like. <laughs> um, but uh, really, they're designed to be almost like webinars or Facebook Lives um, organic conversations like we're having today where um, students and families um, can have uh, a space to ask questions on different topics. So um, one of those could be a lot about um, how we're addressing diversity and inclusion on our campus and um, what we are going to ask of new students. You know, it's not just what we're doing. It's also the what the students bring to the table too. That's really a big piece of it is um, the, the, what's it, the vibe that students bring. Um, every new incoming class of students has a totally different vibe than the ones in the years before. And so, you know, if people are being um, like, well, that doesn't affect me or those types of things, I mean, then we're not going to change. And so um, 
One thing I think is the Ichabod Summer Series, we can kind of address some of that in some of our webinars, um, because I knew we would probably be adjusting those as the summer was transitioning anyways with coming back to campus and, um, you know, everything with COVID. We had just no clue what that, what even August was going to look like way back in April. Um, now we obviously have a little bit better of an idea. Um, but then the other thing is I help coordinate um, Welcome Week. So I'm kind of the ringleader of all the activities. I don't host all of them, but I you know, coordinate all of them and swoop them in all on one calendar. And so one thing I'm asking everyone to do that's planning an event is come up with a plan A, B, and C, um, making sure that um, we're thinking about safety and security, um, but we're also thinking about safe spaces, right? And so I'm first concerned with um, everything that's happening with COVID-19 um, because I want people to simply, excuse me, feel safe. But two, I also want to make sure that it's actual safe spaces and we're bringing safe attitudes to the table as well. And so um, I don't have any concrete ideas yet because Welcome Week is still so up in the air um, as far as activities. Um, that's actually my next big to-do thing on my list besides orientation. Um, but I know my campus stakeholders have have been on the same page with me in the sense of we care about students and we just need to be very intentional in those conversations. Um, I, I dislike the fact that um, people always think it's one area's role or job, I guess, on campus to take care of diversity and inclusion. Um, it's really all, it's really all of our jobs. And so, um, you know, whereas I'd love to have one area help launch a lot of those things. I think if we host and move in, how are we making movement inclusive, you know, for all people? Um, how are we hosting um, things like Lufest where we have, you know, our tabling and things is as a convenient time? Is it a convenient space? Are we having clubs and organizations that are representing um, people of color and black people, um, you know, black students? Are we doing um, community organizations besides just on campus ones? Um, because that weren't, you know, we're not just, Washburn or Topeka as well. And so, um, you know, I think rather than um, having, I don't have, like I said, I don't have anything concrete today, but I know the steps that we need to take to get there to support our students um, and also be okay with giving just all black spaces or all people of color spaces or all trans spaces during Welcome Week too. Um, it doesn't mean that we need to have events open to everyone. Sometimes they just need a space for them and that's totally cool. And as a white woman, I don't always need to be there, you know? <laughs> so, um, and so you then find those ringleaders and those cheerleaders that would then be able to just be that person there um, for those activities. So things like that, there's a, there's a lot of logistics to think about, but um, I know that we can definitely achieve those. I know that the people even up uh, in the executive staff level at Washburn want those things too, because of our strategic plans and our core values that we've always had. Um, and luckily, um, as far as, I have experienced personally, they've always been willing to listen. And so, um, so we'll, we'll see. It's a new year. It's a weird year. So we will see what that looks like, but whatever welcome week looks like, um, we'll make sure to communicate that to the new students in a, in a variety of ways. Certainly. And we're, we're super excited. Uh, I really like what you said there about how it doesn't fall on one group, not one organization. Uh, you know, this, this podcast was really driven on the idea of, you know, maintaining this community and kind of keeping a, a finger on the heartthrob, if you will, of what we're all up to. And, and hopefully we can kind of continue that in the fall and uh, and strive towards those goals that we've all been talking about. I, I really, I respect and admire that an awful lot. Uh, so 
what I wanted to ask you guys about is kind of just like recreating some of the experiences that maybe you typically see in an in-person NSO. Uh, and Bree, this question's for you. I want to know what's, what are some of the fun, exciting things that you typically see at an NSO? How are you guys going to try to kind of recreate those? And I, I need a little bit of insight specifically on the flash mob this year. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, fun fact, um, that was the one thing I told Krista that I was not comfortable with. Um, and it's mainly because I will just go ahead and say I am mildly immobile in my legs. I do have arthritis and nerve damage from three hip surgeries that I had as a child. And so dancing is actually extremely difficult for me. Um, even though I wholeheartedly enjoyed our um, flash mob dance last year, it was Chris and I was like, I'm not sure if this is something that I can do. Perhaps this is something that we can change. Uh, we bounced around an idea of making it almost like a exercise video Ooh. that we could do on like a Zoom and teach everybody the dance so like students can learn it, the guests can learn it. Literally anybody that is involved with the washroom could figure out what song we're doing and then what dance we're doing. Um, I think another thing that's I one of the things I considered fun um, was from the student programming that we had when it was just the students and it was the uh, rock, paper, scissors tournament. Um it was one of my favorite things because it literally got every student to mix and, you know, you kind of had to like, you had to compete with a stranger no matter who they were and you just were in the moment. Um, I'm, I honestly don't know quite yet how we're going to do it digitally. I've thought of a few things like icebreaker wise, um, one of which being like a Zoom scavenger hunt. So like Ooh. trying to find some very basic things like a napkin. Uh, and having them bring it to the camera. It's like, do you have a napkin? Yes. Uh, just to make it a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted. And even though it's still digital, they can still see our faces a little bit and we can see theirs. I like that. Yeah. Thank you, Bree. Thank you so much. Oh, man. I love that. The exercise video, genius. I love that. So I best we can make it chair. We can make it chair friendly. Yes, exactly, exactly. I, I like it. Way to be, look at that, Carissa. I really want to say, point out that I really appreciate your inclusivity, and it's something that I have noticed and admired since I got to work with you a few summers back. So I'm glad that we have someone like you leading as a staff, leading this program. I really appreciate you and what you're doing for our community. And Bree, you as well, taking on the role of SOC intern and really being conscious about how we're going to do this in the time of a pandemic. I mean, it's kind of crazy, you know, unprecedented is the word <laughs> that's been used a lot. So thanks you all so much for being here today. Uh, we love having you on the air. I guess I can say that on the, on the episode, we really, we really appreciate you having or having you here today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity. We loved it. Great. Well, best of luck this summer with your NSOs and thanks everyone, all of our listeners for tuning in today. Um, again, we want to just reiterate that we are here for y'all as a community. And, you know, we started this podcast because we wanted to come together and talk to our Washburn community um, and keep up these important conversations and keep connected in this time of a pandemic, in this time where we're isolated. And now in the current climate, things are changing even more and things are becoming more polarizing. And it's important now more than ever to remain connected and to keep having these open 
open conversations and uh, keep pushing for acceptance and unity as a group. So um, we would just want to end this episode saying go bods and we will see y'all in a couple weeks uh, to do a fun transition episode. This is uh, next week or in a couple weeks is going to be me and Starla's last episode with Res Living and Learning. So come to check out our new co-host and executive producer. It's going to be an exciting time. So we'll see y'all in a couple weeks.